The first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 35, starting at verse 1. And it's titled, Joy of the Redeemed. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Shan. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 11, and can be found on page 976 of the Church Bible. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are kings in palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we take time to think this third Sunday of Advent, this Gaudete Sunday, may our hearts rejoice. Amen. Please have a seat. Morning, everybody. I want to give you an image. I would have liked to have um, got one on YouTube and, and literally given it to you, but the technology has defeated me. Um, actually, it's not even my image to give you. You've just heard Mary read it. Of all the images of rejoicing and of joy coming into the world, I just love that bit of Isaiah. Hallelujah, the desert shall rejoice. <laughs> it's just such a fantastic image. So I just wanted to dwell on that a bit for starters this morning, and I'm not go- going to go on for too long. Um, I just want to take us through a bit of thinking about that. In a, um, you'll all be coming back this evening, so you may or may not catch David Attenborough, but you know what I mean by time-lapse photography? Yeah, when you, when you get the time-lapse film. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to use the gift of imagination that God has given you to just get us in touch with that rejoicing. So, I don't know whether you've got your winter woolies on, but I want you to imagine, close your eyes if it helps, but I'm not going to make you close your eyes if you don't want to. Imagine that you're really hot because you're in the desert. You're in a huge, big, open space of wilderness. So you've got your summer clothes on and you might have a bit of sand in your sandals. Probably your mouth is quite dry. Probably you could do with a shower, but let's not worry about that too much. Think about the smells. Think about the vastness of the sky. Think about the landscape. Sounds or silence. And as it were, the the camera pans back. Maybe it's a a film that's shot from from a drone. But you can see the dry riverbed. It's just stones. You can just about make out where the water once was a long time ago. And then the transformation begins. And the water begins to arrive back because somewhere upstream the rains have come. And as that riverbed changes colour, with the damp and then becomes wet and in that time lapse let's just watch what happens let's just watch as the little springs of vegetation just begin little shoots begin to appear seeds that have been dormant for a long time crack open and a very pale green, almost imperceptible by the banks of the river, becomes a stronger green and spreads out and spreads across the wilderness. 
and flowers bloom, and insects buzz, and wildlife appears, and things grow and grow and grow and flourish. And creatures are nurtured, and thirst is slaked. And what a transformation. Alleluia, the desert shall rejoice. Okay, this is just such a lovely image. And um, if you've got time, I tried to Google, go home and have a look, because there are some fantastic bits of film. You know, you can watch on YouTube, the flowers just... And the, the, the desert bloom, you know, in places like California where it's well recorded. It's just such a joy, joyous thing to see. I sometimes think if Isaiah was living in our climate, maybe we might have been able to cotton on faster. <laughs> um, think of, I've got a favourite tree. I hope you've got a favourite tree because it's a good thing to have. <laughs> At the moment, my favourite tree is wet and the boughs are black. And it's a bit sort of stark. And there's a beauty to it, but it's bleakness to that beauty if I was standing there now it would be very very squelchy underfoot my garden's really waterlogged at the moment maybe one or two leaves just hanging on for dear life but most of the leaves are around being squelched maybe one or two shriveled bits of fruit but I know that in the spring there will be a day when I look out my window and I think oh just beginning to bud and it's just beginning on the tips of those branches to swell into life and then it greens and it blooms and the blossom is amazing and in the summer it will be so heavy with fruit that it will be hard to remember what it's like at the moment and we we find that did you find that sometimes I walk down the road on a winter's day and I think oh I can't can't believe I walked down here not very many months ago in the summer just It's really hard to connect when you're in one season with another. But that is the promise of Advent. Advent, the looking towards the coming. And we have that in that Isaiah passage. It's in Isaiah 35, and I didn't make a note of the page number, but you might want to just scan through it, because some of us who do visual, think visually. Sorry, page 720. Thanks, Pam. There is the promise of that joy and it's a promise that involves justice it involves vindication God coming and putting straight what's wrong it involves potential being fulfilled because every single one of us you know, in, that, in that, those few verses about the blind shall see and the deaf shall hear every single one of us is depleted in some way we've all got some bit of our self our, some deficiency that needs to be made whole And that's there in that passage, the promise that, oh my goodness, do my knees feel feeble some days? (laughs) I don't know whether you can relate to that, but when you're feeling fearful, when you're feeling shaky, when you're feeling worn down, it's such a great promise to hang on to. And that vision of the highway in the desert, that we might be feeling wandering around, lost, we don't really know where we're going with life, but there will be a homecoming and it will, be, it will be a time of security and safety and all those jackals and lions and things that scare us. 
don't worry, we're going to be going home. We're going to be in good company, not alone. And we will come to peace. And I just love how time and again in the Bible, and we see it in the music that we sing as well, all those nature images are there, not because somebody thought, oh, look at that, that reminds me of God, but because God built that into creation. God put us in a universe where the creation proclaims his glory to us so we can see in the seasons as they roll around. And we can see that day spring, that morning star, as the dawn comes. Advent has so many of those lovely, lovely images, doesn't it? That this is built in to the way that God has ordered the universe, that the dawn will come. So I don't know what season you're in at the moment, whether you're feeling merry and bright and full of Christmas jollity this Gaudete Sunday. I hope that some of you are. I suspect that others of you are in a different season at the moment and are looking for the dawn and are doing that Advent thing. How long, O oh Lord? How much longer? <laughs> but we can rejoice. And that's pretty much what I want to say, but there is a little P.S., because the lectionary has given us a gift in putting these two readings together. That story about John the Baptist somehow moves it on for me. Because if you, I went to a carols concert yesterday, and it was it was lovely. It was good. We you know had a good old sing. But if it's all jingle bells and jollity, and The magic of Christmas, that's great. You know, isn't it lovely that families can celebrate together and yes, all that magic, you know. But it's not all the Santa and the fairy dust because listen to this story of John the Baptist. He was the one that was preparing the way in the wilderness. He was the one that was telling the people that the glory was coming, that God would come and put all the wrongs right. And here he is in this story in prison probably not feeling terribly glorious I suspect and sending a message to Jesus to say is this it (laughs) are you the one or should we look for another and is the magic all there is because when you're not in touch with the magic because you've had losses that you've got to deal with or for whatever reason Doesn't your heart want to ask that question? Is this really it? And we have that sense that this future vision, these streams in the desert, this glorious rejoicing, doesn't quite match our present reality. And it makes me glad. But if you come to the carol service tonight... It isn't just going to be all Santa and fairy dust, but it is going to have mention of the squalor that God came into. It's going to mention the massacre of the innocents. Because the rejoicing is not apart from that. The rejoicing is because and through and around that and in that somehow, somehow, and I don't get it at all, Don't ask me to give you any answers because it's a great mystery. The next hymn that we're going to sing 
touches on that mysteriousness of this rejoicing. It doesn't make sense to me. But somehow or other, I take great comfort from the fact that Jesus affirms John the Baptist. He doesn't say, oh, John went out to prepare the way, but isn't it a shame he ended up with his head on a plate? He says no one in the human race is greater than John. I guess there are people this week who feel that they've really bust a gut. They've worked really hard to proclaim God's message. They've worked really hard to campaign for what they thought was right. They've worked really hard to, even when it made them feel marginalized and people thought they were a weirdo, to do the right thing. And is this it? Jesus affirms John saying there's nobody in there, nobody born of humankind who is greater than John. So maybe things aren't what, we, what they seem. Maybe what we look at on the surface is just that. It's just the surface. And that maybe beneath the fairy dust, Jesus doesn't say, yes, I'm the one. You're right on the money and everything's going to be fine. He says, look at the signs of God's kingdom. He puts the responsibility onto me and onto you. Make your minds up. Don't just believe it because the vicar says it or whatever. But in that, bring that despair that you feel to this rejoicing time and look for the transformation. Look for the streams in the desert and trust that, hallelujah, the desert shall rejoice. Amen.